If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. Where the story goes, we follow. Chris Smith on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Now, if you are honing in on today's News Talk, you can't go past what's been developing economically in the first couple of weeks of 2024, and I'm talking about both the United States and Australia. In the United States, a series of bank collapses are worrying those with their hands on the levers, and in Australia, there's been a surprising dip in inflation, which for mortgage holders like me is music to my ears. I thought we'd get a rundown on the economic news of the day from Nat- Natalia Ilyushina, who's an economist and a research fellow at the RMIT University. Natalia, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, Chris. How are you? I'm doing very, very well. It's good to have you on once again. These US bank collapses, there's been a bit of a, a domino effect there. Or is this just a, a, a kind of straightening out of the American economy, or is this something that was not foreseen? Well, it's surprisingly what's not foreseen once again, and uh, it's again one of the critical factors there is a housing market. And yeah, something that they clearly haven't learned from last time. And so they've put their eggs in too many baskets, and because of the inflation bubble, um, they've been burnt. Yeah, look, what what happened there was this time is actually coming from the um, commercial property. So it's a different story. Uh And uh, surprisingly, that's coming from the COVID consequences. And uh, uh, for some reason um, in in the United States, they didn't manage to predict that uh, workers won't be returning back to the office, which is quite different to what we're experiencing now in Australia, where majority of employees are now mostly actually forced to go back to the office. Um, The the housing market in that regard is very, very different in the um, Right. Uh, in the United States. All right. It's a commercial property problem, which, uh, of course, is centred around the cities of the United States. Now, in in Australia, we've got inflation spiking down, despite news that I heard a, a week earlier of a really good Black Friday sales event that occurred in Australia, but that made no difference to the numbers we got today. Yeah, the numbers we got today actually already following um, what's gonna what 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 was happening around the Boxing Day sales, and um, it did uh, the the inflation uh, the the Black Friday sales did fit into into December inflation figures, but they uh, the um, surprisingly the uh boxing day sales were not as successful as expected while they're still quite good numbers but they didn't uh, almost didn't overtake um the previous year figures for the sales also what's happening uh, is that the um uh, the Reserve Bank already gave a little bit of leeway beforehand, giving some breathing space for the consumers. But I think because the uh, the not increasing interest rates in December was unexpected, most people anticipating the high inflation already done most of their yeah. um, discretionary shopping uh, during the uh, uh, Black Friday sales that uh, left not much uh, room for that for the uh, Boxing Day sales. But it's a clear indication that people are doing it tough. Otherwise, they would have spent more straight after Christmas, right? 
there have been so many indications that people were doing it tough. Uh, look, there were reports coming from like the Ju August, September, indicating a higher financial distress levels than during COVID. There mm -hmm. were a, a, the people were reporting, 30% of people were reporting leveraging food choices to uh, accommodate the increasing cost of living and mortgage repayments. Right. So that's been going on for, for a long time. It just one reason is that it was partially ignored uh, by the government. Uh, on the other end, uh, there's, there's quite a big um, uh, polarization. So some groups of people are actually quite benefiting from high interest rates and inflation, such as re, uh, people who pay their mortgage off and have money on the savings of account. Of course, of course, yes. But for mortgage holders, this has got to be good news because the Reserve Bank is likely to either keep rates on hold or give me some good news, maybe a cut. Look, the the unexpected lack of increase last time might indicate they saved it for February to actually save uh, retailers from um, complete disaster of Boxing Day sales. Okay, so all it right. can go both ways. We we are not fortune tellers here. If economists <laughs> were, we would have been millionaires. <laughs> exactly. The Australian Prime Minister has warned the big supermarket giants in Australia to lower your prices. Are we really being ripped off that much by? supermarkets that's my first question and i guess the second question is will i even do what he says will i even listen to what he what he said well, this is a very worrying statement because if we look at the numbers where the price is rising by category of goods, the top one is insurance and financial services. Then we have second category housing and so on, and the the um, uh, the the food and beverage is an non-alcoholic is somewhere at the bottom. So while prices have risen in for for. Um, food and beverage for groceries, yeah. they are nowhere in the top. So if if it was first peak for the government, why not go and ask why health, like insurance providers increase their services? At least with food uh, food choice, food products, there is a clear explanation, like supply chain disruptions, oil prices. What happened there with the with the insurance and financial services providers? What what uh, caused their increase in prices? Yeah. For some reason looking in there. And second thing that uh, my question is to the government, why are they increasing the transport costs? Mikey in Melbourne, uh, it, the price for public transport increased second time in one year. It doesn't so, make sense, does it? You know, it doesn't make any sense to me. And especially what worries me is that while it's it, what what I see, it's very easy to pick on the supermarkets because this is something that the most visible to the consumer, the, yeah. the groceries, because we do it often. This is what's up our face, and it's easy to reflect on. While say you deal with insurance once a year or monthly, you might not notice it that much, and it doesn't it's not doesn't take that big proportion of your bill. It's but, a it's a very visual political thing to say, yeah, isn't it? And this, this, while while there might be in, in the reason increase in prices, my take on it is it that this situation is way more political game rather than an actual taking care of a consumer. Yeah. And also, mind you, that when we talk about groceries, usually the smallest margin um, is on the essentials and staples that feeds the, and where supply chain feeds down back to farmers who are not doing great either. So it's uh, I, I don't I, I do not quite like the peak of the industry, the peak of the um, sector for, for that matter. Okay. I love your rundown. Thank you so much. Dressed in pink once again, your favourite <laughs> colour for 2024. Thank you so much for your time.
Thanks for having me. All right. Economist Natalia Ilyushina from RMIT. This is TNT. Be a part of the conversation. I want representation I can trust. Have your say. Biden isn't doing enough. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, let's go to those in power, at least one of them, and that is New South Wales Liberal Party Senator Holly Hughes, and a happy new year to you, Holly. And to you, Smithy. Welcome to 2024. Yeah, does it feel good? Are you optimistic or are you a little bit hesitant given all the elections that are occurring around the world? Look, I think it's going to be a really big year. I mean, I, I think we sort of every year kind of say this is going to be a big year, but I think this is going to be a truly enormous year yeah. um, to not only Australia but all around the world. We're going to see big changes and big opportunities in some ways but certainly big challenges ahead. So uh, I think it's going to be a really critical year the next 12 months. Now, I had to have a good chuckle when I heard this today. Having done nothing to ease the cost of living on Australians. The Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, as I just indicated to Natalia there, warned the supermarket giants to lower their prices. Mm. Gee whiz, this will scare the pants off them, won't it? Look, it just shows how completely out of touch, but also how full of hot air this government is. I mean, the reality is they announced over 100 days ago that they were going to have some review into the supermarkets. It's taken 100 days for them to announce Craig Everson. I mean, it's just astounding how long they take to actually implement anything. And to Natalia's point, it's a really interesting place to start because it is a political place to start. It has absolutely nothing to do uh, with the real cost of living pressures that most families are facing. And, you know, I heard Natalia talk about insurance and the financial sector, but for me, it's the energy prices that are causing the most damage to a lot of families and are going up exponentially. I mean, I I get my bill and I quite often post it just on my socials because it'll say to me, your bill's up 73% higher than this one last year. Um, These are extraordinary increases. Mm. And the thing about energy and power is that it then feeds back to all the businesses. So it's not just you and I getting our housing bills that, you know, heating and cooling our houses or putting the dryer or running the TV. It's actually the businesses that require that power to produce goods and services and deliver them to us. And those are increasing the costs across the board. So, you know, groceries, are. yep, we all buy them all the time. There's also a lot of choice uh, in that market. There's, yep, there's the two big players, but there's also a lot of independent smaller stores. You've got things like Audi um, that are starting to move, Costco. So there are different choices for people in that grocery uh, space there's very little choice if you or if you're not one of those households that's hooked up to renewables with some sort of battery storage you're just getting absolutely slaughtered by your energy smashed, bill smashed to smithereens and everyone i meet is talking about it everyone i meet yeah. um you know the other thing about supermarket prices though and i mm. caught up with someone in northern new south wales when we were away she was a ginger grower and she was uh, at a table near near the beach, and we got we got talking. Mm-hmm. And she had just shut down her ginger growing business in Queensland. She decided to retire early because mm-hmm. she simply couldn't make any money. She said she sold her top line ginger at two dollars fifty a kilo to Woolies. Yeah. Um, but she was forced to pay for the freight to get the ginger down to the warehouses in Sydney and Melbourne. And then Woolies goes on to sell that same ginger in their supermarkets 
for $27 per kilo. Mm. You know, robbers don't need to wear balaclavas, do they, Holly? Look, it's that ginger example is extraordinary. But, you know, if we look at what's happening to lamb prices, I mean, I would have thought Australians at the moment should be paying, you know, maybe 10 12 bucks a kilo for lamb in the supermarket because the Labor Party's, uh, they've brought in a ban on, on live sheep export out of Western Australia, which is yep. going to absolutely decimate the sheep industry. It's had an impact right across the country. Sheep farmers are selling their sheep and lambs at just ridiculous prices. They almost, they, they can't, they're not making any money on them. Uh, the abattoir costs all of those things are just, it, it, there is a glut of what's what's happened with the lamb market. And as we approach Australia Day, we know we always have the big lamb commercials and we're going to eat lamb. Well, most people can't afford lamb because it's mm. about $40, $50, $60 a kilo True. at some cuts in the supermarket. Um, so, you know, it's across the board that they're gouging farmers. And the fact that farmers are being forced to pay transport costs when we know this is just such a significant part of the supply chain. And again, this government, up to its union mates, doing more and more to push those owner operators of trucks out of the market so mm. that it's all, you know, the big union drivers and big companies that are going to take over everything and put those costs up again. So, you know, they, we just can't seem to get anything through to this government that every decision they make is making it worse for those that grow our food, but for all of us that need to consume it. And they seem to have no idea how to alleviate some of that pain. Nev, one of our followers, uh, Holly, says on the chat box, make no mistake, Woolies and Coles are vile, disgusting duopoly with the same shareholders. What a great example of what I said, vile and disgusting. But I, I noticed that Independent Senator David Pocock asked a poll question on X today, and I wonder whether this has got any legs, Holly. Do mm. you think the big supermarkets should have to display the price they're paying the farmer for the meat, milk and vegetables alongside the price they're charging customers? 67% the last time I looked said mm. yes. How would this work? Look, uh, how would it work? That's the question. I think yeah. there's a lot of complexity there. And those are the those sorts of polls, whilst they get you a lovely high number and everyone would like to know that, putting things into reality, things cost different amounts of money to get to different stores in yep. different locations. So, yep. you know, it's all lovely in theory. Um, but to back to your uh, Neve, I think you said just put a message through. I just saw that Woolworths is no longer going to sell Australia Day merchandise for this year. Like, seriously, that's enough for me not to shop at Woolies anymore. Oh, like, that's not it. wrong. I mean, the fact that they're now, I mean, we had enough with the referendum and the way that these big corporates came in trying to dictate what should be happening in society, you know, let alone what they're overcharging everyone. Uh, but Woolworths, you know, now saying we're not going to sell Australian Day merchandise. I mean, leave the country then. If you're not proud of yep. it, go away. Like, go away. Gouging Australians if you're not going to support what are very important things to Australian families and people. Couldn't agree more. That is a disgusting mm. policy that they've introduced and we should be supporting Australian Made and Australia Day. Mm. Um, we can talk about that further as we get closer to that particular date. I've got to take a quick break. I'll be back with you on TNT. 
Jeremy Nell on TNT Radio. Being South African, I'm, I know the situation and it's incredibly dire. Basically, our farmers, mostly white, have been under attack for years and years and years. And when I say attack, I mean that physically, don't I? Yes. Um, since the dawn of democracy in South Africa, since 1994, we had an average of uh, one farm attack every second day. Um, so it averages around uh, 175 to 190 farm attacks every year. And we had a farm murder on average every fifth day. Um, but over the last few months, both those numbers have picked up. Murders in other sectors of society are not accompanied by the same levels of brutality and torture as you will find in farm murders. Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. I wanted to alleviate my pain. I also didn't want to be who I was. I always just felt like there was just something wrong with me and I was trying to figure it out and I used the internet to help me do that. Seemingly out of nowhere, we've suddenly seen a huge spike in media depictions and social media depictions of transgenderism. It's even reached the mainstream advertising world. The people who are consuming this are children, 13, 14, 15 years old, and it's so easy for them to literally be groomed. I just woke up one day, looked at myself in the mirror, and asked myself, what the heck am I doing? When trans-identified kids are referred to specialized gender clinics, they're often told that they're going to get comprehensive, multidisciplinary mental health assessments. We know that that's not true. I was easy to manipulate. The ideology that has become dominant at these clinics is that trans kids know who they are, and therefore to question them is completely taboo. My childhood was ruined. Who's there for their detransitioning? Nobody. Nobody would help me because they had more concerns of me reversing everything. Did this thing to alleviate this gender dysphoria that wasn't there before, but you made it into a problem, and now your body image issues are worse. That's not supposed to happen. What do we do now? D-Trans, the dangers of gender-affirming care. For more information, go to PragerU.com. At the top of the hour, we'll keep on top of the news. It's the most important thing we can do. On today's News Talk, TNT Radio. I've got New South Wales uh, Senator Holly Hughes with me right now. Holly, the usual very vocal Indigenous suspects are urging the Labor government in Australia, to ab abandon all ties with Israel. Now, I still maintain, and we can argue about this if you want, that Israel didn't need to kill as many Palestinians as they have, but these Indigenous identities have completely and conveniently forgotten about October 7. Look, it's just extraordinary. And I mean, these people have obviously also forgotten the referendum on October 14th because there were a number of Jewish groups that were very, very strong supporters of the yes campaign and it's you know it's really interesting to yeah. talk to jewish groups now i mean when you think about the october 7 attacks when the pogrom occurred it was actually focused uh not only on that music festival but in a number of kibbutzes now a kibbutz is is basically sort of in some ways a socialist communist utopia with the way they operate this is the left wing of judaism uh lives in these kibbutzes uh and so these are like the left now attacking the left wing of the of the Jewish 
population and an Israeli population, which is not all Jewish. Uh, but the fact that these Jewish groups, particularly those that do have quite a strong left-wing bent, supported Indigenous Australians in this Yes campaign to then be dropped and turned against so quickly uh, is just, I know they have just been absolutely left dumbfounded but I devastated bet. at how they thought they were doing the right thing, supporting these exact Indigenous Australians who were pushing for the Yes campaign. Look, I will exclude Lydia from that. She was on the no. Um, but the rest of them that were very, very strong Yes campaigners were supported by a number of these Jewish groups who are now feeling unsafe in their own communities because of the actions of people like this. I think it's disgusting. I don't think you and I need to go back over the conflict again. But, um, you know, I just... I'm embarrassed that there's been such a lack of leadership at the federal level when it comes to the rise in anti-Semitism and the fact that, you know, is, Australia is now on a watch list for Israelis to come to Australia because it's it's now seen as somewhere not safe for them. I mean, yeah. that is horrific. Which is, uh, and for which these is people, horrific. Well, and Israel, let's not forget, is the only democracy in that part of the world, has been a long-term friend of ours. Uh, and, in fact, they are a liberal democracy that is a very secular uh, society. I can tell you if you went into Gaza, there's not much secular about that. And the queers for Palestine and a lot of these left-wing groups, including women who would not have the right to be educated anymore, uh, would find themselves not, not very welcome if they took themselves off into Gaza, yet they come here and speak ideologically. And it, quite frankly, I think it's disgusting. Now, this is an odd one in terms of hmm. new Australians. The number of aspiring Australians Passing our citizenship test, test has plunged. Can you work out why and whether these people, when they fail that kind of test, are still gaining citizenship? Well, the thing is, though, this Australian citizenship test includes things about Australian values and what it means to become Australian and to be an Australian. Have a look around. What does it mean anymore? Do you support mm -hmm. Australia Day? No, you don't. Do you support Israel and democracies around the world? No, you don't. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we've just had a government focused on a referendum that did nothing but divide us. Um, this is a government who is looking for identity issues to continue to divide us. So no wonder if you came to this country as a new migrant, struggling not only to learn a language, but to work out what Australian values are when you've got in, in you know, the imams in some of these mosques uh, saying the most hateful things about Jewish Australians and how uh, they should, you know, not be safe in our country. How would you know what an Australian value is depending yeah. on where you landed? So I'm not surprised and I feel that this government has an awful lot to answer for. In such a short period of time, uh, they seem to have moved the Australian culture as quickly as they can away from recognising our history being a proud country who has been, you know, they talk about the US as a melting pot. I think we have been an extraordinary melting pot. Everyone has come from somewhere else aside from our Indigenous Australians and even most of those have heritage from somewhere else across the world as part of their background. Uh, and now we are being divided. We are being pulled, pushed in different directions. If you support traditional things, if you support the monarchy, if you support Australia Day, if you support keeping us all together as one under the constitution, uh, you're nothing but pilloried at the moment. Uh, but that's the basis of our Australian values. So I just, I think no wonder people are failing because how could you find them? Yeah, that's a very, very good point. They're not doing enough. Mm to say to people, this is what we stand for, this is what you need to follow, uh, bring your culture, <clears throat> bring your 
your, your desire to cook certain cuisine, mm. bring bring aspects of your own culture into ours, but understand ours closely because mm. that's what we'd like to bring you into under the yeah. same umbrella. Now, some of your National and Liberal Party MPs and your colleagues mm. are urging your boss, Peter Dutton, mm. to drop any carbon dioxide emission targets for 2035. It's a brave stance considering how much and how many of the public uh, members of the public have swallowed the fake green evangelism, Holly? Well, look, I, I've seen that article today. It hasn't come to party rooms, so I haven't actually had a discussion. There was, I think, Matt Canavan or, or, and Bridget McKenzie might have been quoted. Um, they're certainly members of the National Party, but it hasn't come before us, so I haven't, I haven't heard the views of uh, colleagues on this to definitively say that, yes, this is, this is fact. I mean, outrageous. I know that perhaps a newspaper story isn't based on a hundred percent fact, uh, but you know, there are already claims by agencies that have been tasked with reaching the 43% by 2035 that Bowen has in place or it was 2030 that Bowen was that it's, we're never going to get there. It's not going to happen. Of course not. The rest of the world knows it's not going to happen. And we refuse to embrace nuclear. We've now got Bowen endorsing Plibersec saying no to the Port of Hastings with their offshore wind turbine. February 6th, if people aren't aware, there's going to be a massive rally in Canberra yes. uh, against offshore wind. So, you know, this is just a fallacy in the way that this is a carry-on. And what is the what is the repercussions if we don't get there? You see, it's an arbitrary number. Correct. And the, and the fact of the matter is uh, a lot of the countries who are the greatest emissions aren't even see, aren't even signatories to this stuff, and we yeah. are one percent. We emit one percent of global emissions. Correct. So we could shut everything off and go live in the trees, and we'd make zippo difference. So That's I mean, right. seriously, everyone might want to make as much political hay here, but at the end of the day, until people appreciate this is a global, you know, if, if this is going to be tackled, it's got to be attacked at a global level. It's got to be attacked by everybody at the same thing that we should not tie our arm behind our back just to moralise to the rest of the world whilst destroying our economy and our way of life. We've just yeah. lost our COA over in WA, a thousand jobs. I mean, what are these guys doing? I mean, they yeah. are literally destroying our country in front of our eyes. So true. So that, so that Albo can, you know, parade around on the world stage and Chris Bowen, I mean, for God's sake, he did a welcome to country in Dubai. Uh, I mean, is this guy just a joke of epic proportions? He's woke writ large, that uh, bloke. He's just a pain. Now, I, I just want to mention one of the good things, one of the other good things to come out of the voice referendum outcome is the fact that it's obviously scared off the Prime Minister from going down a similar referendum route mm. on the Republic that seems to have been shelved, according to what we read today. Oh, he's such a conviction politician, isn't he? He's so <laughs> convicted by what he believes in. He doesn't win the referendum on The Voice, so that's an Indigenous issue, not his <laughs> referendum. He's got a, you know, minister for the Republic that it was definitely going to be part of their second yes, term what, agenda. Yes, what going to do now? I mean, this guy has absolutely nothing to offer the Australian people except some sort of weather vane, you know, ridiculous speak that it just means nothing, says nothing, stands for nothing, will deliver nothing. But I'll tell you what, Smithy, I am so looking forward to the King and Queen coming to Australia. I yes. am a, I am a monarchist, <laughs> but let me tell you, I will be trampled when they appear in Parliament to address the Parliament. I will be trampled by all those members of the Republican movement as they try to get up the front. They will be fawning and carrying on, you 
Oh, absolutely. Take my word for it. They will be pathetic. We've and, seen you know, it before. They'll do it again. Oh, they'll You're do it exactly again. It will right. actually be hilarious. I think just bring the popcorn <laughs> and watch Albanese's nose touch the floor when he uh, I look forward to that day. We'll we'll dissect the vision bit by bit between ourselves. We can't can't wait for that. Holly Hughes, fabulous. Thank you for kicking us off and all the very best for 2024 to you and your family. You too. See you, Smithy. Thank you very much, Senator Holly Hughes, on the program. And as she said earlier about Woolworths, can you believe this? It broke about an hour ago. Woolies has confirmed its Australia Day merchandise has been dumped from stores across the nation and will no longer be sold. So obviously Woolies is embarrassed about the fact that we as Australians celebrate Australia Day on the 26th of January, which, of course, was the day that in 17... Uh, 88 that we had the first fleet come into uh, Farm Cove. This was the establishment of white meeting black, black meeting white, which in the early stages was very much meant to be a melding of the ways. There was no conflict. There were no guns drawn as we got onto the shore. There was no history that, uh, that tabulates that, none at all. But, of course, that's Invasion Day. And that's the day that we should be ashamed of. Well, that's the day that has developed Australia as a first world nation in a very, very short space of time, has allowed people to live another 50 years longer than what they would have 250 years ago, has given us first world wealth and comfort and accommodation like nothing like second and third world people around the world. We should be lucky We were settled by the British and not others who took out many, many Indigenous peoples in other continents, but no, we've got to be ashamed of it. So that's exactly what Woolworths have done. If they are ashamed of having Australia Day on January 26, I am ashamed of walking into a Woolworths store, and that is the last time that I will do that in my lifetime. Bet on it. This is TNT. TNT Radio News. Are you ready for some awesome news? Yes. One, two, three, four. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. The credibility of the Biden administration is being questioned after the Pentagon failed to inform the public or the president that the Secretary of Defense had been diagnosed with cancer and was undergoing surgery. A state of internal armed conflict has been declared in Ecuador, where the military has been deployed to neutralize armed cartels who have launched a wave of attacks across the country. And a series of violent tornadoes have cut a path of destruction through Florida. Why not give TNT Radio a follow? We're on all major social platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab and Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's News Talk. TNT Radio. TNT Radio. Uh, Good to have your company. Now, I've been looking forward to this little segment all week because we are about to get a flash of the future, a snapshot of how we will live under the impacts and influence of AI and the devices and technology that will be available to us as options. Because Alex Zaharoff-Royt has been at what's called CES, which is a, a technological expo par excellence. In other words, the biggest in the world. And that's at Las Vegas, where we find him right now. Alex Zaharoff-Royt, welcome. Thanks for having me, Chris. Great to see you and all the uh, viewers and listeners. Now, explain to me exactly where you are, because the background behind you looks quite exotic. 
I'm in my hotel room in the Mandalay Bay. This is where the two, the two days for the media are held. And then what I should have done was then move to a different hotel because it's uh, spanning the Las Vegas Convention Center. There's a huge north, south, and west halls. You've got the Venetian. You've got lots of different private suites. I mean, everywhere you go, there's some sort of a CES event, a party, private suites, private booths. Uh, there's jetpack racing with DHL. There were, you know, all sorts of uh, drones and, I mean, robots galore. It's just never-ending. 140,000 people, 4,000 exhibitors. The place is packed. The place is buzzing. And uh, I'm very uh, grateful and excited to be here. Very good. Now, you've had a few tech giants help you get there, some supporters and sponsors of yours. Well, Samsung is uh, the big one, and they have launched something called AI for All. Now, their latest Neo QLED 8K TV, so this is their screen, it can do something called upscaling. So you might have old 4x3 TV shows from the 80s that if you look at them now, they look all all uh, pixelated and fuzzy and they're sort of, you know, they're very boxy. And you might have old recordings that you made on VHS cameras. This All this can be upscaled into 8K resolution, much sharper and clearer and the colors restored. But also you've got things like accessibility features. So uh, not only can, obviously, you, you can have subtitles, but this can generate the subtitles if there are no subtitles to be generated. And it can read the subtitles out to you uh, if you need to have them read to you because uh, you've got some sort of a, a hearing impairment. You can also use your mobile phone as a remote control and get really big buttons. Uh, sometimes those remote controls have really tiny buttons, hard to, yeah. to use them. And uh, then look, they had uh, transparent uh, display technology. So this was where they had, for example, you were in a in a uh, booth watching the soccer or the football, and you know you're in one of those uh, corporate booths. And you're looking out. You can see through the screen to see the action on the field. But because the screen is transparent, you can overlay stats and other information. It's a bit like having the augmented reality glasses without having the glasses on. And uh, I mean, LG had one of the those TVs as well. I'll mention that in a moment. But uh, Samsung. What, also they, had what a do they call them? These are transparent televisions. But what do they call these them? These are tran well, just transparent OLED screen. So right. the one from LG is called the Signature T, Signature OLED T, T for transparent. I'll go into more detail in that in a second. But Samsung had their event first. They also had a thing called the Bally. So this was something they launched in 2020 as a concept. They're launching it. It will come later this year, theoretically in the states, and it's a round um, ball. So a little bit like the BB8. R2-D2 type of upgrade that we saw in those Star Trek, move, Star Wars movies, but it doesn't have the top ball, just the bottom ball. This can roam around the house. It's got generative AI, so I can com communicate with you in a much more intelligent way than uh, Siri or, or uh, Google Assistant or Amazon Alexa can. And instead of having a screen, like you've seen some of those little robots with a screen on there, you can look down, yeah. it's got eyes. And this can this is, has a 1080p projector. So it can you can look up and it can project a a star field in the night sky when you're trying to sleep. It can project a Zoom call onto the wall. It can compensate for the different colors of the wall. <laughs> it can it can project a fitness uh, exercise routine. So it's following you around. It's like your little R2-D2. Oh. It's, it's small. It's got wheels. So it can obviously go over a carpet and all that sort of stuff. And look, we don't know the price yet, but this sort of technology, these robot companions are here. And it won't be long before we have them as actually fully humanoid you know, human-sized devices, but at the moment it's obviously much cheaper to have them as little smaller devices. But because this has the projector, you know, it can really send great information on the screen, on your wall, in different places. Uh, it can even project something on the on the floor for the to entertain the dog while she's not there. And obviously, so, so it's cameras. like so it's like a visual version of, say, an Alexa or a Google Pro. 
Yes, a... except it's on wheels, and instead of you, you being forced to look at a little 10-inch screen, it's projecting it onto the wall. Right. Now, another gadget they had was their fridge. Now, we spoke about LG had this fridge before where you could actually see inside the contents of the fridge. So this yes. has got that too. But what this has is even better. So when you pull something in and out of the fridge, it takes a picture of that, and so it actually knows exactly what you have in the fridge for some of those items, it will automatically detect that it's a fruit that's going to expire in a few days. Uh, you can actually also type in the notes of what the expiry date is. And then when you're at the shops, you can see on your phone like a, a grid pattern of the ingredients you have. So you don't have to sort of try and peer behind the, the milk oh. to see what's inside the fridge. You, it knows as you're pulling things in and out of the fridge. Incredible. Giant screen on the front. And then you can tap on the different um, ingredients and get recipes all at the touch of a button. Incredible. Yeah. Oh, look, it's just incredible. So, and the uh, LG event also had the uh, AI brain. So they're going to use all the different uh, devices they have to to try and anticipate what your needs are going to be and make life easier for you. They had a little robot as well that that wandered around, but that had the screen. So there's some competing visions there. But Samsung was just showcasing the fact that it's got a transparent L uh, OLED display technology. LG actually is going to have this unit on sale later this year. It's a 77 or 87-inch TV, and you look through it, and it has this uh, con this uh, contrast screen that rolls up, and it turns the back of the screen black. So when you actually see it when it's transparent, it looks very cool, but if you want to have real black blacks, then you have this screen just rolling up, and it's it's mesmerizing. You can have it in front of a, a wall, so they had this... Uh, glass uh, sort of the tv was in the middle they had some glass sort of flute um glass that was there and they had the same thing at the bottom and the tv could display the same thing so you could sort of see through you could put it in front of a window you can put it in front of artwork and i mean some people are saying why do i need a transparent tv i mean it's just yeah, it's almost about need. to ask other, the question other people are saying this is the coolest thing you know and it's something we saw in sci-fi movies with arnold schwarzenegger from the sixth day where they had cloning yeah. and he's in his bathroom yeah. and, he's, and he's shaving and and that that sort of stuff was science fiction now it's real yeah. and they had this giant display of 15 screens and they had these glass brick type of uh effect and i've took a video of it i've got to put it online I haven't done it yet but other people were filming it and it's just mesmerizing you'll see this in uh, best buy jb uh, hi harvey norman boots all those sort of places pretty soon Okay, just amazing. Tell me about Sony too, because Sony did a, a few impressive um, exhibitions whilst uh, you have been combing the CES. Sure. So they've got a new headset that's coming out with very fancy looking uh, controllers, and that is for the industrial metaverse. The metaverse is where you get one of those headsets and you can look around and you're in virtual reality and you're talking to other people. But in the industrial world, people like TeamView and people who've got these headsets, they're using it inside of warehouses, they're using it in, in, in construction. Uh, people will put a headset on to do a visual inspection of a truck to go all around and do these different checklist things to make sure that they can have manuals in the field, right in their field of view. So Sony's launching one of these, but they also launched their electric car called Afila, very strange name, but Afila, uh, and uh, they they drove it on stage with a PlayStation controller. So it was a remote control giant, what? you know. But the thing is, <laughs> uh, the Ocean Gate Titan Sub also had the controller. That one didn't fare so well, but look, Ooh. the electric car from Sony is not for underwater use, so I don't think we're going to have quite the same issues. <laughs> no, they won't have the same issues. Now, is it true that you were able to enter your hotel room there, according to your notes, um, you were able to enter using your watch and or your phone? 
Sure. So what happens is that when Apple first launched the watch, there were some uh, hotels that allowed you to unlock the door with your watch. But I've never been able to get that to work. None of the hotels I've ever stayed at have been there. But when I was checking in for the Mandalay Bay, up popped a message saying, look, if you download our app and you log into it, put in your credit card, we can give you a digital key on the spot. And we'll just charge the credit card details you've given us, the $400 US uh, as the as the room bond, you know. And so on the way from the airport to the hotel, I was logging in. I put in my credit card details, and normally I've got a lineup. There's a big queue. They want to see my passport. They want my credit card. They want all this. They want all that. And you know, half an hour later, you've got your two plastic keys, mm. and you come to your room. You know, tired as all buggery, and you unlock. Well, here, I just everything was done before I arrived. I knew the room. I knew the floor. I came straight here. I tapped the digital key button on the app. I tapped it next to the door lock. It unlocked. It was magical. They don't have it for the watch the yet, but best. it's just an app. They could. It was awesome. And then I went downstairs later on because it takes a couple of seconds. We're so used to things being instant. Instant gratification is not instant enough in the modern era. Yeah. It takes a couple of seconds for the for the digital key to appear on the phone. So I went down and I, I said, hey, I've checked in. Everything's fine. I just want a couple of plastic keys. And they said, yep, no problem at all. So that way it's in my wallet. I can just tap it quicker than doing it on the phone. But just to be able to walk into the hotel, come straight to my room, not speak to anybody, everything. I was approved. It was all done. I was in my room. Wow, that was cool. That is very cool. I'm very impressed by all of that. Now, tell me about the Moonwalker shoes and the glasses for the blind. Sure. So the Moonwalkers, I saw this on a Kickstarter project. And, you know, we, we've we've had uh, roller uh, blades, we've had skateboards, but there is no set of wheels that attach to your shoes that you can sort of walk naturally and go to up to like 10 or 11 kilometers per hour. Uh, a little bit like walking on one of those airport walkways. It's so much fun to walk on those because, you know, you're walking along at a normal pace, but you're traveling a few kilometers per hour faster than you would otherwise. Yeah. Well, imagine if you could have one of those attached to your feet all the time. So these are fourteen hundred US dollars to buy. The first version had ten wheels. In fact, they've been working on it for three or four years. And lots of different prototypes. The second version has got six wheels, um, so it's, it's sort of smaller and lighter. But uh, you'll be able to buy these, and then when you're going, you know, walking through anywhere, if you're in, um, if you're a courier, if you're working in, uh, you know, warehouses, if you're just somebody going to the shops, it's like having one of those hoverboards, except it's much safer. Oh, uh, much can, safer. Can, what could go wrong, Alex? What could go wrong? Well, Obviously, you could you could trip and fall, but the whole idea is that you can do what um, uh, what's not Alice in Wonderland, but um, the, uh, the 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 you know the the, the girl from um, you know she's not in Kansas anymore. You know the 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 the, the don't look behind the curtain. It's uh, the you know the Tin Man. Where's it was? Yeah, she was able to tap her heels three times and go back home. Well, here you sort of tap your foot once. Tap this way, and you can turn it on. You can turn it off. You charge it by USB-C, and you know you can go slow. You can go faster. You're not going any more than seven miles an hour, which is about eleven kilometers. So you're not going to be flying down the street. Obviously, if you're older and you're infirm, you're not going to want to use these. But this is the first time in human history that we have a way of making our walking go faster. There's a great video if you type Moonwalkers and Kickstarter. I'll have it on my site later on. But the other cool thing was this from a company called Lumen. D-O-T-Lumen.com, and they had these glasses for the blind. So they had a couple of, and I've got the article on my site right now. You can go and see there's a couple of videos. But you put this headset on, the people that were using it were blind from birth. So they had no vision at all, never had vision. Wow. And uh, the, 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 the headset doesn't go over your eyes. It goes on your forehead, and it's got cameras 
LIDAR cameras, sensors, and regular cameras, and it can detect depth. It can detect how close things are, and it's very evenly distributed around the head. They've been working on it for two or three years and making it smaller and getting rid of the cables and making it lighter. The newest version is uh, three or 400 grams lighter. I tried the earlier version on today, closed my – I filmed it all. I haven't put it up yet. So many things are happening. But film, put, put it on my head, close my eyes, and as I'm walking towards my camera, I can feel these vibrations on the top of my forehead. It's just like it's tapping me. And so it's telling me that there's something in front of me. So this is like, I mean, a guide dog will guide you to go left, to go right. Incredible. So they're not trying to, they're not trying to, they're just trying to get, do what a guide dog does. But, um, and and look, it's medical grade. It can't crash, can't get viruses. They have redundancies. If the battery fails, there's another one. I mean, they've they thought of everything. And the reason why the guy created it was because he's the only person in his family that hasn't got some sort of a disability. And so he was very motivated and modern technology allows this to happen. And the video shows a, a gentleman who's using a walking cane and he's w waving it left and right, you know, as you, as you do to try and see what's in front of you. And, mm. you know, he touches the scooter and he stops. But here he put the headset on and he's able to confidently navigate around know when somebody's there the other lady was able to walk through like a, a cold supermarket or a walmart she's able to tell it because it's got a, a siri type of assistant inside take me to the checkout uh, she says it's very difficult to be in a shop because you've got all these things lots of things to touch lots of angles you know you don't know where you are this thing she can say take me to the checkout take me to the milk it would direct her there and then oh. she can hold a box of cereal in front of her and it can read What's on the box? You can read books. You can read newspapers. You can read it this out This changes so, the lives of the blind. Look, the, the head of the blind society in America uh, or in Europe said that he never expected this sort of technology in his lifetime. Yeah. So, you know, obviously you're just feeling it. But when you are blind or you have one of your senses that's no longer there or it's impaired, we know from, from having read about it for many years that your other senses compensate. So to see this blind fellow able to walk confidently and and somebody goes right in front he stops because he feels the the tingling on his forehead it's like spidey senses you know you feel you feel this thing and it's telling and it's just yeah i'm amazed the only thing that's going to top this is some sort of bionic eye in the future and that's probably still a few decades away yet although in the modern world who the hell knows who the hell knows in the modern world uh, driven by AI. I've got to take a quick break Alex we'll come back I want to talk about Apple and also Elon Musk we're with Alex Zaharoff Roy from uh, techadvice.life is in Las Vegas. We'll continue our conversation in just a short moment on TNT. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. I was asked today by someone, what makes me mad? What gets me anxious? Lies, distortion, not telling the whole truth, trying to paint something different than what it actually is because you have an agenda. That gets me upset. The reason it gets me upset is I think everyone should have the opportunity to decide for themselves, based on all information possible, what they want to do with their lives. Let's take the global temperature. The global temperature is a very poor metric for measuring the climate. Better than the global temperature is what we call the wet bulb temperature, which is the saturation temperature of the air. And even better than that, just use pure water vapor. That explains everything. If we try Track the amount of increase of water vapor. We know the correlation between temperature and water vapor. It explains beautifully what's going on. We don't even need any CO2 back radiation theory, but you're not going to hear that. It makes me mad. And you know why it makes me mad? Because it's not telling the truth. It's hiding the truth, distorting the truth. And that means that you cannot make 
the decision you need to make as an individual with your free will. And basically, that's what this whole climate fight is all about. This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got. Asthma is a growing problem, especially among children. Asthma affects the quality of life for millions like me every single day. My name is Chris Draft and I have asthma. And I've spent more than a decade in the NFL tackling asthma on and off the field. Join me and the EPA in helping people control their asthma. Asthma is a lung condition that can be controlled through medication and by avoiding things that can make it worse. Three steps are the solution to controlling asthma. Step one, talk to a doctor. Step two, make a plan. And step three, get rid of things that can make it worse. Asthma can be tackled. For more information on asthma, log on to epa.gov asthma. Where the story goes, we follow. Chris Smith on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Yeah, I've got Alex Zaharoff-Royt with me at the Mandalay Hotel, as you can see from his background. And I want to talk about Apple. Um, and, of course, Apple on an occasion like this would be in their element there. They've announced the launch date for their new Vision Pro headset. And they made this announcement yesterday just before the main CES event started, right? They did, yes. Look, Apple is not at this event. There used to be a thing called Macworld, and Apple's too big to be here. Apple's here by default. So many gadgets are made for Apple devices. It was actually a, a, a device from Belkin. Actually, it's an automatic tracker. You, you pop the... Um, the phone on uh, in portrait or landscape, and it uses the iPhone 17's head tracking software to track up to 10 people, moves it around, very intelligent, keeps you in focus, zooms in, zooms out, zooms out requires no app. And so look, there's a million accessories for Apple, but Apple launched, I mean, we've heard about the Sony headset, there's headsets from all sorts of people, but Apple announced that it's Vision Pro headset, three and a half thousand US dollars, probably over 5,000 US dollars. You, you put it on and you, know, you see the world, you see through it, you can see your eyes because there's a bunch of cameras and displays on the outside. So you're not cut off from the rest of the world looking like some sort of uh, robot, although you do have this big bulky headset on. But uh, this is coming on February the 2nd. It'll be available in all the U.S. stores, and it's going to sell out. And Apple, Tim Cook announced it a couple of days before CES, and, of course, it's one of the topics everyone's talking about. He, know, he knows he knows how to do a bit of ambush marketing to get the focus back on Apple when he needs to. Yeah, exactly. Now, in terms of AI, we could probably wrap it on for the next half hour about AI, but um, AI would be everywhere at that event, wouldn't it? It's the big uh, buzzword of the show. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, Samsung and LG are talking about AI uh, you know, for their devices. I mean, one of the things that Samsung had was the ability to have all of these smart things. It's called, their standard is called smart things. And so Apple's got HomeKit and there's an, another standard called Matter. And all these things can actually be on the front screen of your TV. You can see doorbells. You can see, um, you know, the little notifications that pop up there. You, you can actually have your uh, you know, your oven, your induction cook stove, cooktop. You can have your uh, dryer and uh, washing machine, your fridge, they've all got little screens. The fridge has a big screen, but they've got screens that are letting you set programs or see how much longer the wash cycle's got to go. I mean, and these are all connected together. And so you can look at it on your phone, you can look at it on your TV. Uh, but, you know, AMD launched uh, earlier in 2023, the very first Windows chip that had an AI brain. And late last year in December, when I was in San Jose a few weeks ago, they launched the second one that it's now coming onto the market. And one of the things that uh, Apple is also going to be, uh, sorry, that AMD is, is announcing as well, is that they've got desktop chips that have this AI brain inside. And Intel, uh, sometimes that can be a bit late, 
they have also, oops, let me, someone just ringing me on my phone. They have also, let me just, um, uh, uh, let me just, let me just stop that. Sorry, one second. Someone's trying to ring me. I normally put um, my phone on, on do not disturb. And obviously I forgot to do that. Um, so uh, the, <clears throat> I'm just trying to think now what I was saying. Um, no, you're talking about you, Intel. They're usually pretty slow yeah. to include this sort of technology, well, they, but they've got, they've right. got they, AI into their chips. Well, they, that's right. At this event, they launched the Intel Core Ultra. So Asus, HP, Lenovo, all the major manufacturers, most of them have both uh, consumer, gaming, and enterprise laptops and desktops with this new AI capability inside. And we spoke last week about the Copilot uh, key, the button that's going to be on all these new Windows 11 PCs. And so both AMD, Intel, and all the computer manufacturers are expecting a big jump in sales as people upgrade to get advantage to take advantage of the built-in chat GPT. Yeah. And so this is, you know, what we saw over the last year, it's just the beginning. We're going to be blown away over the next 12 months. And that will only be two years into the AI revolution. I mean, this is now with us. It's not going away. And we'll be using it in ways that we haven't even dreamt up yet. We'll will be indispensable to us. We'll wonder how we ever lived without it. Like we wonder today how we ever live without mobile phones or the internet. And yet, of course, when you or I were growing up, we had, you know, corded phones, cordless phones, yep. uh, phone boxes. I mean, it was a different world uh, and uh, it, the world keeps changing. It does it what? Does it what? Um, now, I want to talk about Elon Musk. Elon started, of course, in this um, uh, PayPal kind of space. He went on to other major projects uh, and he wants to turn X, previously known as Twitter, into... Uh, a kind of PayPal payment system. He's got a license now that maybe gets him a step closer to this, has he? Yes, he's got a money transmitting license. So this is not to be a bank, but to, to send money like Venmo or the cash app on uh, iPhones and Androids or the ability to send Apple Apple cash to different people in your family. So they haven't got the full banking license yet, but they've got this money transmitting license in 13 US states, Pennsylvania's latest one. So it's one step closer for him to be on the path to becoming a bank. I mean, we spoke before about how PayPal has fewer customers than than X and Twitter, from what I read. And mm. yet, because they're a banking service, they can make all this money. So uh, as soon as Elon Musk switches that on, uh, then you know, X will be a, a money, you know, it'll be XPay. Uh, it'll be a money-making machine yep. from all the different transactions. XPay, that's exactly what he'll well, name it, buddy. Yeah, well, I mean, you've got Google Pay, Apple Pay, you know, PayPal. I mean, it just makes sense. Maybe he'll call it PayX, like SpaceX, or. But look, we'll see. He'll do something incredible. But there's there's more news with X. I mean, he is never mucking around. He wants to remove likes and and uh, reposts, like the the ability to see those. Yeah. You have to actually click on a tweet. So he wants to stop people being biased. That oh, this has got so many likes. He wants people to sort of judge the content on its on its character, sort of thing. And also, he wants to uh, switch the spaces is. Um, the ability to have a voice chat. He wants to turn that into video and he wants to also make a system where you can stream your games uh, to other people on, on X like Amazon Amazon's Twitch system does. And the other big news of the week is that uh, Don Lemon from CNN, who was fired. I mean, how, yep. do you, how the heck do you get fired from CNN? He's now <laughs> jo joining Tucker to be on, on, um, on X three times a week. But you know what I say? Just watch TNT Radio. There's none of this leftist woke nonsense that you get from the left hard, you know, Don Lemon. I mean, his name Forget is so about, appropriate. He's a lemon. Forget about him. He's, <laughs> stick with us. Stick with We're us. We're the best. Uh, exactly. Just a couple of quick things. I've only got a minute left. 
I've got less than a minute. Very quickly, how many Australians are there? Well, a number of the, the top journalists are here, but look, there's lots of different companies that are here. So I, precisely how many, I don't know, but I've, I've seen a number of my colleagues uh, here and it's a number of Australian companies too. So Australia has great representation at CES, right. that's for sure. Uh, okay. You go back and do your business and uh, maybe we'll, uh, we'll talk before next Wednesday. We'll see whether certain other news breaks, Alex. Um, fantastic to have your company. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thanks. It's 10 p.m. here. I've had very little sleep, so tonight I'm going to sleep. Good. You have a good long sleep. You've probably got a device to make you sleep, have you? Uh, uh, Well, there's a headband you can get to make you sleep, but I've got some valerian root, uh, which I'm going to use. I bet there is. Thank you, mate. Much appreciated. From um, techadvice.life, Alex Zaharoff-Roy. That's where I leave you now. I'm going to hand you over to Dean Mackin, and uh, we'll be back at the same time tomorrow. Look forward to that. This is Chris Smith on TNT. TNT.